0: Hey, everybody, it is Tuesday, November 15th. You're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Mo Shwanunu. This is the place where we bring you just the facts from verified sources and a breakdown of what matters in the news. I try to read all the news so you don't have to. There's a lot we're watching on this Tuesday. First of all, tonight is the big night for former President Trump. He will make his big 2024 announcement where he is likely to announce his latest run for president that comes as Biden is debating whether he will run again. I'll also tell you about President Biden's big meeting yesterday with Chinese President Xi, their first face-to-face meeting since both took office. Some major airlines are facing hundreds of millions of dollars in new fines for their flight delays. I'll tell you about that. And the Black Friday deals keep getting earlier and earlier. We're still a week and a half out, but some stores are dropping prices as they try to get rid of all their inventory. Let's start with politics here as former President Trump is expected to make his big announcement tonight that he will be, yes, running for president again. He is set to speak tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern at his Mar-a-Lago club down in South Florida. He is defying leaders within his own party and even some advisors who have told him to hold off this announcement until after December 6th, the Georgia runoff. He can't wait. And so he is going to be making his announcement tonight. A longtime advisor to Trump, Jason Miller, says that the former president is very fired up about the race. He says we should expect, quote, a very professional, very buttoned up announcement. Trump advisors say they expect about a thousand people to attend the speech tonight, that 250 cameras have requested access. It does come, though, as new polls show former President Trump dropping quickly in polls against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who's also expected to run in this next cycle. A national poll among Republicans from YouGov showed a 20-point drop for Trump. Uh, There was a poll in the last couple days in Texas among Texas Republicans that showed Trump dropping 28 points against the Florida governor and now trailing him by more than 10 points. And then there are additional polls in a number of states coming to us from the Conservative Club for Growth. They're a key group that any Republican who wants to win the Republican primary needs the support of. They were once... Staunch Trump allies, but last year they broke with him uh, in the fallout of January 6th, etc. They leaked polls to Politico, which show DeSantis now up by double digits over Trump in matchups in Iowa, in New Hampshire, in Florida, and in Georgia. One reason why that's important, Iowa, New Hampshire, Florida are among the first states that vote in the uh, primary cycle that begins in 2024. And typically, if you can't win those states, uh, you don't have much of a life beyond that. The announcement tonight also comes as another key Trump endorsement lost their race uh, last night. Carrie Lake, who was running for governor of Arizona, uh, does not have the votes. And it appears now her opponent, Katie Hobbs, will be the next governor of Arizona. Carrie Lake was one of the many candidates that Trump supported in this cycle, who has now gone down to defeat a number of top Republicans, including some on Capitol Hill. Senators and congressmen are basically saying this should be it. For Donald Trump, though the former president does not think so, and will now, after uh, winning in 2016, losing in 2020, uh, seeking to make a comeback now in 2024, looking to be the first president in more than 100 years to be president, lose a cycle, and then come back. The last president, of course, to do that, and this is probably a rare moment where we're going to mention Grover Cleveland on two consecutive podcasts, but Grover Cleveland was the last president to win a term in office lose a term and then regain the presidency that was back in the 1880s. There is obviously a lot of talk about Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, uh, in recent days. It is still not clear whether he will run for office, but he has certainly been organizing and pointing in that direction. And these polls will certainly be making the case to him that now is the time to run. Another person looking to run for president on the Republican side this cycle is former Vice President Mike Pence. He is out with a new book today uh, and was rolling it out with ABC News over the weekend where he was asked uh, a lot about January 6th. In the interview, Pence called Trump's actions, his tweets reckless, that they angered him. Uh, Pence told ABC's David Muir, quote, I turned to my daughter who was standing nearby as I was on Capitol Hill and I said, it doesn't take courage to break the law it takes courage to uphold the law. Pence added that it was clear that Trump decided to be part of the problem that day, uh, giving uh, power to the rioters who stormed the Capitol. Uh, A reminder that Trump tweeted as Pence was inside the Capitol, that Pence didn't have the courage to do what he should have done to protect our country. Uh, That led to uh, increasing chance that day among the rioters, the insurrectionists, that the vice president should be hung. Secret Service had to uh, quickly escort Pence uh, to a, a secure facility in the basement as people invaded the Capitol that day. Pence is expected to make his announcement in the next couple months, but for now, he has a new book out. It is out today. It's called So Help Me, God. It's being promoted as, quote, the inside story of the Trump administration. Among other things, the book apparently includes a narration of what went down between he and Trump in the days leading up to January 6th that day and the days afterwards. All right, so we expect Trump to be making his big announcement. Meanwhile, President Biden is thinking about his decision when it comes to 2024. One of the big things on his mind is his age. In just five days, on November 20th, Biden is set to become the oldest president in American history. He will turn 80 years old. And so he confronts a choice here. Should he run for another term in office? If he runs and wins, he will be 82 uh, when he's inaugurated and 86 at the end of his next term. Top White House advisors are already meeting to map out what a uh, 2024 re-election campaign would look like. He is energized by his history-defying midterms. You know, it's very rare for a president to hold the senate uh, to head off an onslaught in the house and so he feels energized by what took place in the election last week recently biden said that he intends to run but will talk about it over his family key to the decision is his most important advisor jill biden the first lady Uh, the president and the first lady plan to retreat with the family for thanksgiving on nantucket island where they will discuss the prospect of one more campaign if she decides he should not run one advisor told the Washington Post he will not run, though Biden has told confidants that his wife is all in, although some are skeptical of that. Reports are that a Biden re-election announcement may not come until after the State of the Union address. That may be in late February, early March. Aides argue that they do not need to move any sooner since Biden is already president and he can sort of make his decision as he goes. And besides, if he does not run, they would prefer to delay the day that he becomes a lame duck as far out as possible because if he announces he's not running for re-election, basically everyone will begin to ignore him pretty quickly, even on Capitol Hill, and they'll move on to the next person. Though he will want to make this announcement in the winter, if he waits till spring, that leaves the next group of Democrats uh, less time to prove themselves, to build a name among the American people against the Republican nominee, uh, especially if it's former President Trump, among the other names that are out there. If Biden chooses not to run Kamala Harris, the vice president, Gretchen Whitmer, Michigan governor, the California governor, Gavin Newsom, Pete Buttigieg, who you might remember from 2020, is currently transportation secretary. Amy Klobuchar, you remember her, she's the senator from Minnesota, Elizabeth Warren, the senator from Massachusetts, Roy Cooper, governor of North Carolina, and J.B. Pritzker, who's the governor of Illinois. Obviously, more candidates could come uh, out of the woodwork if Biden decides not to run. One thing to keep in mind, by the way, Biden is already the oldest president in American history at 80 Trump would not be that far behind him if Trump uh, is to run again, as we expect him to, and is re-elected. He would be 78 uh, on Inauguration Day in 82 when he finishes his term. I will have live coverage of the Trump announcement on my Instagram live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, so go check that out, at Mosheh, at M-O-S-H-E-H. Uh, I will break down the announcement, what he says, what it means, and take your questions. Meanwhile, as President Biden thinks about his 2024 decision, he had a major meeting face-to-face meeting with the president of China on Monday. The nearly three-hour meeting over in Bali, Indonesia, came at a critical juncture for the two countries amid increasing economic and security tensions. Biden briefly took questions from the media after the meeting with Xi. He said, when it comes to China, the U.S. would, quote, compete vigorously, but I'm not looking for a conflict. He added, I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War between America and China, He said it wasn't all kumbaya, quote unquote, with the Chinese leader, but tensions seemed to have thawed a little bit. Afterwards, officials on both sides said they would resume cooperation on issues including climate change and food security. Among the many topics that came up in the meeting, the first face-to-face one between Xi and Biden was China's actions towards Taiwan. Uh, Biden said he objected directly to China's coercive and increasingly aggressive actions towards the island. In the meeting, Biden reiterated U.S. support for our longstanding one China policy, which effectively says there is one China, China and Taiwan, all is technically China. It recognizes the government in Beijing, but also recognizes this is our unique situation since the 70s, that Taiwan uh, does have its own government and does not recognize China's land claims to taiwan remember back in the 40s it was all one country during the communist revolution the democratic government fled to the island of taiwan and that is where we find ourselves about 70 years later part of the unique relationship we have with this one china policy is also that the u.s has a policy of what's called strategic ambiguity which biden does not want to change it basically means we're not clear as to whether we would defend taiwan if china invaded we won't overtly say it we won't Uh, say the opposite. And so we live in this sort of netherland. And so it was important for Biden to say to the Chinese, we continue with our quote unquote, one China policy, whatever that means. One thing Biden told the media that he does take solace in is that despite China's recent military threats around Taiwan, he does not believe there's any imminent attempt for China to invade Taiwan. The U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, will be following up on this face-to-face meeting with plans to travel to China early next year, which is a significant sign that the two countries are talking again. According to the Chinese government readout, for what it's worth, she uh, stressed to Biden, this is according to the Chinese, that the Taiwan question is at the very core of China's core interests, the bedrock of the political foundation of China-U.S. relations. You might recall that the uh, Nancy Pelosi visit to Taiwan recently really upset the Chinese, led to a a bunch of military drills and really increased concerns that China is ready to now invade and take back Taiwan. So we continue this dance with the Chinese, but it appears at least for now that this meeting uh, meant that we're talking to each other again. Okay, I got a lot of news ahead for you on this podcast, but I want to take a quick break here to tell you about our sponsor this week, Athletic Greens. I recently started taking their AG1 supplement and wanted to share my experience with you. Trying to get all your vitamins in can be hard to keep track of, can get pricey, you know, as you age, uh, you continue to go to the doctor and you find out you got a shortage of this vitamin or that vitamin. So I was previously taking some vitamins with breakfast, with lunch, with dinner, this one with food, this one without food, And it was hard to keep track of. And so I started taking the AG1 supplement, just one scoop of the powder with a glass of water in the morning. And that's it. Easy, simple and affordable. The AG1 powder contains over 75 important ingredients, including tons of vitamins and minerals. In addition, AG1 has pre and probiotics to support your gut health. All of this really combines to help you build a strong immune system, especially as we're now in cold and flu season. It's essentially your nutritional insurance policy. And here is some great news. With your first purchase, Athletic Greens is giving Mo News listeners a free one-year supply of their immune-supporting vitamin D, as well as five free travel packs of AG1. Visit athleticgreens.com backslash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S, to learn more about all that AG1 can do for your health and take advantage of this offer. You can get a discounted monthly subscription or try it one time for just a month. Again, it's athleticgreens.com backslash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S, to take ownership of your health. All right, a big business story we're watching are these continued tech layoffs from these major companies. Amazon is now the latest company to announce massive layoffs this week. It plans to cut roughly 10,000 jobs and add to a growing wave of cuts across the big tech industry. The tech stocks have been hit hard this year, and so that has led to layoffs Uh, Across the board, Twitter, for its own purposes, remember, they uh, cut about 50% of their staff, about 3,500. Earlier last week, Facebook cut about 11,000 jobs, and now Amazon is the latest with 10,000 jobs. Amazon says its cuts will be within teams on its corporate workforce. The layoffs are likely to hit the company's devices, retail, and human resources teams. Those cutbacks, by the way, come as Amazon founder Jeff Bezos was making other headlines yesterday. He stepped away from day-to-day control of the company last year, took on the role of executive chair. He told CNN in an interview that he is now prepared to give away his entire fortune. In an interview with CNN, the billionaire who's reportedly worth right now $124 billion, the second richest person in the world behind Elon Musk, Bezos said that he would donate most of his net worth to fighting climate change and supporting people who can help unify our fractured political landscape. Bezos told CNN, quote, we have big problems in the world and the way to get big problems done is to work together. Though his vow to give away $124 billion is pretty light on specifics in terms of when, where, and how, this does mark the first time he has announced that he plans to give away most of his money. Critics have um, gone after him for not signing what's called the Giving Pledge. That's a promise by hundreds of the world's richest people to donate the majority of their wealth to charity. It started back in 2010 by Bill Gates and his then wife, Melinda French Gates, who is now his ex-wife, and Warren Buffett to try to kickstart an era of philanthropy, So a whole bunch of them have given billions, tens of billions of dollars, have promised to give it away. Finally, Bezos is getting in on this. One thing that's being mentioned is that Mackenzie Bezos has effectively been embarrassing him. That's his ex-wife. They got divorced a couple years ago. She's already given away tens of billions of dollars uh, that uh, she got in the divorce. Uh, some think that he was embarrassed by that and is now making his pledge. Now that Bezos is joining this, the pledge includes about 230 people from 28 countries. Among a few others are Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, who are also pledging to give away their entire fortunes. Speaking of Elon Musk, the Twitter CEO, uh, he's calling himself the chief twit these days, tweeted, how else does he communicate, on Monday morning, that he will now be working and sleeping at Twitter headquarters in San Francisco, quote, until the org is fixed. He says he's now spending nights there. His decision to sleep at the office comes as Twitter staff last Thursday were told that he's rolling back the company's work from home policy and now expects everyone to work 80 hour weeks with a, quote, maniacal sense of urgency to fix the company. Twitter managers have already told some staff that they are expected to work 12-hour shifts every single day to meet tight deadlines. This does come after he cut nearly 50% of the company upon taking over recently. Musk has been talking uh, publicly about his sleeping habits. He actually just did a big interview with this uh, Tech B20 summit in Indonesia. I posted a clip of this on my Instagram. He says in the clip that he is working morning to night, seven days a week, and admitted that it's not something he'd recommend. It was actually a pretty bizarre clip. It's him sitting in darkness, surrounded by candles as he does this tech interview. Okay, let's go abroad here uh, to Iran, where we're watching closely what is happening now as we're in the third month of the revolution, uh, the protests that have taken over the country. Human rights advocates and leaders around the world are very concerned as we got the news over the weekend that a court in Iran has issued the first death sentence to a person who was arrested for just taking part in the protests. What's called the Revolutionary Court in Tehran found that the defendant, who was not named, had set fire to a government facility and was guilty of being an enemy of God. Another Iranian court jailed five people, sentenced them to between five and 10 years in prison on what they called national security and public order charges. One group out of Norway called Iran Human Rights warns that authorities in the country, as they're having difficulty dealing with the revolutionaries, may be planning hasty executions. They say that at least 20 people are currently facing charges punishable by death. The director of the organization, again, it's called Iran Human Rights, called on the international community and world leaders to take urgent action and, quote, strongly warn the Islamic Republic of the consequences of executing protesters for merely carrying out a, a democratic right to protest. I've been getting posts from hundreds of you on social media, on Instagram, uh, posts have been going viral about Iran's plan to execute prisoners. Like right now, it is unclear exactly what their plan is, but human rights advocates are very worried that Iran is at such a difficult time with these protests that they're planning to potentially start to execute protesters as a warning to stop demonstrations. According to experts who spoke to the Washington Post, apparently there's an ongoing debate within Iranian security circles about how far to go to so-called shock and awe the streets into scaring them away from protesting. There was a period in the 1980s during the post-Islamic revolution purges that they actually went to mass executions. It has now been more than two months of these protests, uh, and they're worried that they'll look back on that era as an example on how to stop things now. Iran's parliament on November 5th issued a statement calling on the judiciary in the country to deal decisively with the recent riots and, quote, punish the enemies of God. That's a legal charge in Iran, actually, that can carry the death penalty. Iranians were outraged. Three days later, the spokesperson for the Iranian parliament, so this is just the last couple days, claimed that Western media had misconstrued the words of parliament that the harshest punishments, the death penalty, would only be reserved for those who spilled blood. We haven't heard much from many Western leaders uh, on this most recent threat to potentially execute protesters. That is, I think, why you're seeing uh, all this concern on social media about it. For its part, though, the UN is finally holding a session on Iranian human rights abuses in the next couple of weeks. It should be no surprise it's taken them this long to have a meeting. Iran actually sits on the UN Human Rights Council. It's among the many issues I've told you about uh, that's a problem at the UN. The issue is, even if the UN holds this session, Uh, Nobody really sees real action uh, coming from uh, the UN. The UN doesn't have a military to back itself up, though advocates will say that a condemnation from the UN will have some impact on uh, Iranian leadership decision making. Okay, back here at home, a story we're watching uh, in the airline world. On Monday, the U.S. Transportation Department ordered six airlines to pay a total of more than $600 million in refunds to customers who had their travel plans canceled or delayed. It has been a really challenging year for carriers in the U.S. and abroad. Among the airlines that are uh, being told to issue refunds to customers Frontier Airlines, they're going to owe $222 million in refunds. Uh, Other airlines implicated here are international ones. Avianca, out of Colombia, the Israeli airline Elal, Aeromexico, Air India, and TAP Portugal. Under U.S. law, airlines and ticket agents are required to refund customers, that is you, if an airline cancels or significantly changes a U.S. flight and the passenger does not wish to accept the alternative offered. Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, was out talking about this, uh, saying that when passengers are not paid their refunds, we will act to hold airlines accountable. This year, domestic carriers have posted the lowest rate of on-time flights and the highest delay rates in nearly a decade. The domestic carriers have also had the highest rate of cancellations in the past decade, though that excludes 2020 when the pandemic first hit and everything was canceled the big issue for the airlines this year is that they basically opened everything up uh but they were caught flat-footed because they were not prepared for the demand from travelers they didn't have enough pilots they didn't have enough planes so uh this summer especially was a disaster Okay, one entertainment story we're watching is the very scary, nearly tragic situation that former Tonight Show host Jay Leno found himself in this weekend. The 72-year-old has suffered serious burns, but says he's recovering and is in stable condition following a gasoline fire in one of his car garages. TMZ reports that he was hospitalized on Sunday after a fire erupted in his car garage. He actually houses 180 cars and 160 motorcycles uh, near Hollywood Burbank Airport. One of the cars reportedly burst into flames and that left Leno with burns to his face. Since he retired from The Tonight Show, or uh, you could say was pushed out, uh, he's had a couple programs that he continues to do. He has uh, the Jay Leno's Garage Show, which is a weekly show that's on his YouTube channel, as well as a CNBC show where he's also featuring uh, stars and their cars. Uh, Leno has always been known to have this huge classic car collection. It is worth about $50 million. And if you're keeping score at home, he apparently is worth, according to CNBC, $500 million. Okay, one business story to be on the lookout for uh, today. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Estee Lauder is nearing a deal to buy Tom Ford for just under $3 billion. It would be Estee Lauder, the uh, cosmetic giant's largest acquisition. Uh, The company already includes brands like Clinique and MAC, but is especially interested in Tom Ford's beauty business, which it already has a longstanding licensing deal with. At the same time, Tom Ford could use help growing its women's accessories business. Earlier this month, Estee Lauder, among many of the uh, big uh, luxury cosmetic brands, uh, has seen their sales drop. They've been especially hurt by COVID-19 lockdowns in China, where they have a large business, as well as a slowdown in orders from U.S. retailers. This tie up between Estee Lauder and Tom Ford would just be the latest in some of these major mergers we've seen in the fashion and beauty business. They're all now multi-billion dollar companies. Uh, They all keep getting bigger to try to compete with one another. And real briefly, before we go, staying with business, it appears that Black Friday is starting for some of us almost two weeks early. Some uh, actually started back in October. Major brands uh, reportedly are getting ahead of the big shopping day weeks in advance, already dropping prices. Uh, You should already be on the lookout today with uh, major price drops from Walmart, Gap best buy target hundreds of other brands i included a link in these show notes uh where you can see a whole list of companies and the deals uh, that you might be able to get uh, a lot of them are dealing with too much inventory as many americans this year have shifted their spending to experiences travel uh services etc uh which has left a lot of stores holding a lot of inventory and they're going to try to get rid of it early so be on the lookout for a lot of big sales and you won't need to wait until black friday next friday All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mo News Daily Podcast. You can follow the show or subscribe to us on the app you're listening to us on right now. It'll ensure that you don't miss a single episode. Really easy, folks. Just click on follow or subscribe in whatever app you're on. Also, if you could take a moment to review us in the App Store, uh, that would be really incredible. It helps us continue to grow the podcast and uh, continue to expand our reach. If you could take a moment to review us. A reminder to tune in tonight to my Instagram page at 9 p.m. Eastern for coverage of the big Trump 2024 announcement. I will break down his speech, what to expect, what might happen next. That's over on my Instagram account at Moshe at M-O-S-H-E-H. So I'll see you there. If not, I will see you back on this podcast tomorrow.